we're going to talk sport now uh, with uh, Danny. Danny, uh, how are you, sir? Morning, yeah, I'm fine. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, happy Good Friday. Have you been consuming some uh, um, some great hot cross buns? Uh, I haven't today, but I've got some over there. Um, and uh, I may may well tuck into one when we're done with this and uh, maybe a bit of chocolate as well. After all, it is Easter. Absolutely. Treat myself, eh? Absolutely. And then I'll, have to go, then I'll have to go out for a long run this afternoon and work it all off. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, now we're going to talk, um, we're going to talk uh, football and golf, yeah. aren't we? So um, yeah. where are we going? Are we going Premier League, first of all? Yeah, Premier League resumes this weekend. We've had an international break. Just want to say, if this was a normal year, we wouldn't be here now. We'd be at the stadium. It'd be seven. Oh, we would. You're absolutely right. We'd be at the sevens, wouldn't we? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. The sevens were due to start today, uh, and they would have been over the Easter weekend, which would have been great because, you know, everybody would have been off today, so there would have been bumper crowds for the Friday. Mm. uh, Crowds. Remember those at sport? And and so, yeah, we're missing that. I mean... If everything, you know, goes well and vaccination will rest it, maybe, just maybe, they'll get it on. It's due now on November 5th to 7th later this year. So remember, remember the 5th of November. That's going to be the 7th, hopefully, this yeah, year. Yeah, that will be the, uh, be the no, moment, hopefully. Mm. Yeah, mm. second year in a row we've not been there at our traditional early April slot. So uh, we're desperately missing that. But uh, oh, fingers crossed we'll get, get some sport back soon. But what we have got, of course, is Premier League football returning. It was a bit weird when it's been an international week or two weeks almost it's been um, for me because, uh, you know, games are played every day, but you kind of lose track. And then suddenly, bang, we're back into Saturday. And... And it's a real sprint to the end of the season now. We've got, uh, well, the season ends in May, May 23rd. We're already into April. Most teams have got nine games left to play. Um, some have got ten. Um, and you've got to squeeze them all in. And uh, we'll start off tomorrow with Chelsea v West Brom. Chelsea, uh, of course, in the top four at the moment. Leeds United v Sheffield United. Sheffield United looking down already. But two big games tomorrow with implications at the top end of the table. We've got Leicester against Manchester City. That's... Uh, that's a 5.30 kickoff. Now, I'm getting, the, the clocks went forward in the UK last weekend, so it's now only seven hours' time difference. So a 5.30 kickoff in the UK means 12.30, midnight 30 here, right. which is a little bit more easier to watch than 1.30 in the morning, which it would have been before. And then the, there's a late game, Arsenal v Liverpool, Leicester v Man City, third against first. And, of course, Manchester United will be hoping in, in second that Leicester can do some damage to Manchester City. It's always a bit... It's always a bit strange when they come back off International Week. You know, players have been off playing with it. They don't get a chance to train with their clubs. Um, you know, Belgians players like De Bruyne and so on were playing up to Wednesday night, as were England's players were playing Wednesday night. They go back to their clubs. They're, you know, they have to manage their fitness and, and their recovery time. So they don't really get a chance to train. And then they've got to go out and play again this weekend. So it's, a, it's interesting. It's where you can get some funny results, I think, is where, where I'm going with this. So... You know, everybody at the top end of the table, you know, Manchester City, 14 points clear. Uh, everyone's got a game in hand on them, but, you know, people will be praying that Leicester are in good form, of course, into a into an FA Cup semi-final against um, Southampton and third in the table. Um, interestingly, there are going to be 4,000 fans at that FA Cup semi-final that's been announced. So it's going to be a test event for crowds going back to football. So, fingers crossed, that goes ahead. Um, that'll be, you know... A, 4,000 fans in Wembley will be a sort of drop in the ocean, but at least it will be something and some signs we're getting back to normal. But that's that's to come uh, later this month, the FA Cup semi-final. But Leicester against Manchester City tomorrow, 
say um, Leicester, you know, good good informed team at the moment, or were before the international break. And Manchester City sweeping all before them this season. Can Leicester put a little dent in their aspirations? I mean, everybody below will be hoping, not least uh, the likes of Manchester United who play Sunday. But then we've got Arsenal v Liverpool as a late game. You know, Arsenal down there in ninth. And, it, you know, we're not used to saying Arsenal down in ninth position in the table. But, you know, you, you, the, this time of the season, you are where you deserve to be, really, in terms of... It's not like early in the season where there's only three or four games played. No, they're down there for a reason. They just haven't consistently been good enough. And they're not good enough at the back. And I think that... You know that. But there are signs of getting back to form. And Liverpool... You know, at home, their form's been absolutely abject, hasn't it? They've fallen away out of the title race. They're down there in, what, six? I'm looking at the table now. Seventh place, Liverpool. I mean, who'd have thought wow. that when they were top wow. of the... You know, mm. just before Christmas, we were having Liverpool were top of the league at one point. Spurs were top of the league at one point. Everybody's talking about two-horse race between Liverpool and Tottenham. They both fell away. Southampton were top of the league at one point. And they're down there just above the relegation zone now. And they've had a terrible time, but they've got an FA Cup semi-final to look forward to and I don't think they'll go down I think you know there's too many clubs in trouble below them but uh, yeah so cracking couple of games starts off with tomorrow Leicester v Man City Arsenal v Liverpool and then you look to Sunday and and all the action really is down the bottom of the table that day you got Newcastle who could drop into the relegation zone uh, at home to Tottenham on Sunday afternoon and uh, they will drop into the relegation zone if they lose and Fulham who go to Aston Villa in, in a game on Sunday win and Fulham can get themselves out of the bottom three. I mean, it's looking like, you look at the bottom of the table, Sheffield United and probably West Brom are doomed to the drop. Um, but the, the battle for that last relegation place looks like, you know, Brighton have just got a little bit of daylight between them and Newcastle and Fulham uh, at the moment, but they'll need to keep that up. And they go to Manchester United in the late game on Sunday. Manchester United, of course, hoping against hope that they can try and close the gap on, on Manchester City, but will need Leicester to do themselves a favour. So, Plenty to play for, but I think, you know, it's top end of the table we're looking on Saturday and bottom end of the table we're looking on Sunday. Then there's a couple of games on Monday, Easter Monday, uh, Everton against Crystal Palace and Wolves against West Ham. Um, West Ham up there in fifth and and, and and trying to catch Chelsea in fourth. You know, could West Ham get in the Champions League? What a story that would be this season. Uh, <laughs> for David Moyes, who finally yeah. seems to have, you know, found his coaching feet after having that torrid time at Manchester United when he succeeded Alex Ferguson and... You know, had a spell at West Ham, which didn't work out, and then he's gone back there, and now he's, you know, they're they're playing great football. Declan Rice, their midfielder, man of the match in two games for England over the international break. So, you know, they've got players in form, Siunku and others, and uh, you know, snapping at Chelsea's heels. So, West Ham and Tottenham and Liverpool all try, you know, and Chelsea all vying for that last Champions League place. So, loads and loads to play for there. Um, so, I'm fascinated to see how they pitch up really as they as they come back this weekend, but. You know, overshadowing football, again, I'm, I'm sad to say, has been a big issue this week and it, and it seems to be a continuing issue. And despite Black Lives Matter protests, despite players taking the knee, despite all the anti-racism uh, campaigns we've had in, in football, the beautiful game is not looking so beautiful again. And Thierry Henry, you know, one of the greatest players ever to grace the Premier League, Arsenal legend, uh, and... and speaks very eloquently on the subject, has decided he's going to shut down his social media uh, uh, this week. He's, uh, as a protest against all the racist abuse, he and others are copying on social media. Now, it looks like Arsenal may follow him in shutting down their social media, and Arsenal players certainly are considering doing it too. So this could be a big movement, and, and, and I hope so, because the abuse, the, the dog's abuse that players and other people are getting on social media 
is just not right and 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 it seems to be empowering anybody who, who's got a bigoted viewpoint to get on there and just shout and scream at people and you know i'm glad that thierry henry has stood up for this and he's been explaining why he's decided to take this stand things that i used to hear in the stadium sometimes in the street are coming more and more now on social media recently especially with uh, obviously my community and the sport i love the most obviously football but uh I just, I just was, was like, it's time to take a stand. It's time to make people realize that it's not okay to get abused online. It's not okay to get bullied online or harassed online. The impact that it can have on your mental health is, is second to none. There is Thierry Henry. Yeah, it's, uh, as he says there, the effect on mental health. If anybody's ever been a subject of bullying in any form, particularly online with with young kids, young footballers trying to make their way in the sport. You know, Marcus Rashford has suffered it, uh, others as well. Um, it It's very hard to handle, and you've got this anonymous tirade of... Um, yeah, it's just mindlessness, isn't it? But it's, it's very targeted. So I think, you know, social media companies have, have got to, you know, take a stand on this as well. And if this forces their hand into getting some sort of verification or traceability for, because let's face it you me anyone can go on twitter whatever we can we can go on a google mail yahoo mail whatever create an email address there's no verification who we are we can then create a twitter account a facebook account instagram account whatever put any old uh, poses anybody put any old false pictures up and then just go on and follow a footballer we don't like, a golfer or whoever, and just start shouting abuse at them. And it's not right, and there's no traceability, and people need to be held to account for this. And it is the um, last thing you want as a, as a sports person, isn't it? Because you yeah. really want to be focusing on, on the sport, on, on getting your mind in the right place to score the goals or do whatever it is you're yeah. doing in the sport. And, and you, you and don't maybe, want the distraction, do you? Yeah, and maybe it's a consequence of lockdown and the fact that people aren't able to go to games because, you know, the, the guy who would be shouting on the terrace and if he said something unsavory, he would have a, a load of people in my experience turn around and tap him on the shoulder and go hey mate that's out of order and it kind mm. of polices itself mm. these people are left there on their own uh, with nothing better to do um, you know probably haven't got a job or lost a job they've got a lot of resentment building up I'm not making excuses for people but you know that it enables them to become a bit of a keyboard warrior and just go on and shout and scream so whatever easy, they want it? with yeah. their misguided views and, and it does seem to have got worse over the past year and but I'm not saying just because of COVID and lockdown, there are other, you know, the sort of rise of nationalist tendencies, Brexit, Donald Trump, you know, you name it, uh, going on all over the world is, is contributing to this. And, uh, you know, it needs to be stamped out. And the social media companies cannot keep washing their hands of it, as far as I'm concerned. You know, they have a responsibility. It's no good them just saying, oh, we're just a platform. We're... No, you are responsible for what's on there. So do something about it. Anyway, well done, Thierry Henry, and I mm. hope a few others take a stand on it. Um, but going on from moving on from that and looking ahead a bit um, to next week because we've got the first golf major of the season, the U.S. Masters, and uh, it only seems five minutes since I was talking about this uh, last season because it was moved to November. Right. Um, and and poor old Dustin Johnson is defending his title, defending his green jacket, uh, and he and he had a record-winning score of 20 under par, 
He could set another record next week. He, if he if he doesn't win it again, he'll be the shortest reigning <laughs> oh, Masters champion <laughs> in history because it'll end uh, next Sunday, and that's just yeah. 21 weeks after he won it. Um, that's crazy. Obviously, because of COVID, and yeah. you know, but most people get to enjoy the bask in the glory of winning a major championship for a year. And on the flip side of that, Shane Lowry, who won the Open Championship back in 2019, which was cancelled last year, he's still Open champion, nearly two years on. He gets the he gets the glory of two carrying the Claret mm. Jug round and being Open champion for for two years. And poor old Dustin Johnson could be five months and out, but uh, he'll be back to defend his title next week at Augusta. But as a few people who won't be there, of course, Tiger Woods, uh, and we hope he's recovering from his car crash, champion two years ago. Uh, he won't be there. Is he getting better? Uh, well, we believe so. I mean, it's very difficult to get any information. We're just mm. relying on talking of social media, his sort of tweets and occasional postings on social media. We know he's recovering at home and, and we know l- little more about that other than he's got a lot of metal in his uh, in his ankles and, and shins now. And uh, that, d- that doesn't bode well, does it? That doesn't no. bode well for f- future no. golf. No, but, you know, when you've got the sort of... Um, financial clout he has i mean he doesn't have to worry about hospital bills does he i'm sure he's got the best sort of orthopedic surgeons and the best in the business uh, helping him back to health but he, you know he's 45 now and he's not getting any younger and i'm not saying he's an old man but you know these sort of injuries uh, they're, they're hard enough to recover from when you're uh, when you're in your 20s let alone in your 40s but uh, we, we won't know uh, really as if if he's going to come back, if he's going to be the player he was or in any shape or form really until much later this year, I think. Uh, another player is going to be missing is a former number one, Brooks Kepka, who had knee surgery uh, just about 10 days ago, um, having had an accident at home and done something to his knee. Uh, we believe it's a dislocated kneecap. Um, he's had knee surgery, so he's not going to be pitching up at Augusta. And um, a player who, who has been runner-up in the Masters before, runner-up in three of the four majors, actually, Ricky Fowler, uh, has been desperately struggling. And it's such a shame because he's one of the nice guys in golf. And I really feel for, for Ricky. He's one of the nicest people you could ever wish to meet. But since the return from lockdown, he got married. Then then there was COVID and lockdown. He took some time off to get married. He came back. He, he wasn't playing too well, but then there was the lockdown. Then he came back from lockdown. He's missed nine cuts since in tournaments since, and he looks like he's going to miss another one at this weekend's uh, Valero Texas Open, which started overnight. And he needed to win that to get into the Masters because he dropped to 94th in the world. Mm. It's his last chance to get in the Masters, but he's four over par, 12 shots off the lead. Looks like he's going to miss another cut. So it looks like for the first time in 42 majors, Ricky Fowler's not going to be in the in the field, which is a real shame because he's, he's one of the characters. He's one of the players who gets a following. But a player who will be there, of course, is uh, Jordan Spieth, who's a former champion, uh, 2015. But, you know, Jordan's had a real tough time as well over the last few years. He he, he won three, he burst on the scene in 2013 as a, as a you know, as a teenager, really, out of college and uh, in his early 20s. And then 2014, he was runner-up in the Masters. 2015, he won the Masters, US Open, FedEx Cup, got to world number one, um, was top four I think in all four majors that year just had the world at his feet as a young player uh, the second youngest to win the Masters after Tiger Woods all this sort of thing and uh, then kind of went off the boil a little bit but still was winning tournaments but not the majors but still figuring in the majors then won the, the British Open in 2017 and the, and we thought uh, he's going to you know he's just going to dominate golf for years and years to come and then bang you know nothing since he's not won a tournament since the 2017 
uh, British Open at Birkdale, would you believe? And then went through uh, uh, 2018 didn't win, 2019 didn't win, um, sliding down the rankings, having a real total time. I spoke to him in 2019 in career at the CJ Cup, and um, he really was a gave me a very frank and honest interview, as he always does. And he's such a lovely chap, and he uh, he told me, you know, he really didn't know where to turn. He, he'd had he'd had this explosion of everything going right, and he he said to me, he gave me this great phrase. He said, "I was I was living in ignorance's bliss." I because when it was going well, I didn't know why it was going well. So when it started to go wrong, I really didn't have any idea how to put it right. He seems to be putting it right now. He's getting back into form just in time for the Masters next week. Playing Texas overnight, shot five under pars, a great round. He's he's up there vying for the lead. Uh, three off the lead going into the second round tonight, and. Um, you know, he just seems to be enjoying his game again. And that's exactly what he said. After his round last night, he told reporters he's enjoying the game again. I've just had a lot of confidence in what I'm working on, whether the results are there or not. I start to hit some shots that feel more comfortable, feel more like me. And uh, that that gets me excited to get up and go work every day and actually leaves me even, if anything, a little more patient. You know, I don't overwork. I'm kind of working a little bit smarter. And, um, you know, as we head into the major season this year, you know, it's about obviously getting the right amount of reps, but also enough rest and recovery. So trying to find that balance has been, you know, really the game plan over the last few weeks. Sounds like he's uh, fairly mature these days. Uh. Yeah, he sounds upbeat, yeah. I, I, he's always brutally honest about his game as well, which I love. He's always great with us uh, as journalists. You can talk to him and he will just, he won't cover anything up. He'll tell you when he's having a bad time. He'll tell you when he's having a good time. He'll tell you what's going right, what's going wrong. And like I say, he could, I should dig it out, the interview I did with him, because I think we played it at the time. But um, he was just so um, honest about mm. his troubles and his travails mm. and, the, and the fact that he just didn't know at that point what to do about it. And he's just trying to work on it and, and not really sure. And it's great to see him back in some sort of form. I'd love to see him contending again next week. Um, it's going to be a very different Masters than the one we saw five months ago. You know, when they played in November, it was cool. The greens were soft. Um, that's why we got a record-winning score of 20 under par from Dustin Johnson. The guys could fire at the pins. It was target goal. Going to be back to a normal kind of Augusta next week. It's going to be firmer, faster. The greens won't hold. It's going to be the grass is going to be different because the you know in America you have kind of two seasons for grass, Bermuda grass, rye grass. Yeah. The grass will be different, and and it'll be back to looking like it does with the azaleas blooming and things like that. So what's really your what's your prediction, uh, Danny? Well, I think you know Dustin Johnson. All he's not been in the greatest form this season but you know these players they 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 hone their game for the for the majors and i expect him to be there contending but he's not going to find it as easy as he did in november as i said for those reasons the course will be harder firmer it will put a premium you know and i think it, it the, the great thing about the masters it kind of brings out the pure golfer the field player the the guys who can work their way around the course and the guys who can feel it, they don't allow things like green reading books at Augusta where, you know, the guys have got the contours of the greens, everything's mapped out and they, they know to, to a millimetre which way the putt's breaking. Away. They've got to do it the old-fashioned way yeah. by That's eye. That's good, and right? That's good. Yeah. And, and which way's the sun, you know, pointing as the grass growing towards it, how's the wind blowing and all yeah. that. I think that's great. And I, it also speeds up play, which I'm all for. Um so I think, you know, um, someone like Bryson DeChambeau with his big hitting could destroy the Augusta, but we thought he was going to do that after winning the US Open uh, last November, and he came unstuck, finding water, getting into all sorts of trouble. But he'll be a, 
he'll be a, a factor. But I, th- I like some. I think one of the young players is going to come through, someone like a Colin Morikara or a Victor Hovland or so. Rory McIlroy's been out of form, but you can never count him out in the majors, and he knows his way around Augusta. So without Tiger Woods, there's a little bit of a gloss off it. But you know, any one of a number of players. I think what goes what fascinating going into this at the moment. It, since golf has, has got going this year, um, no players really dominating. We saw that at the World Golf Championship in last week, um, where none of the top 20 players got through to the, the, the top end of the tournament, to the semi-finals or the final. It was Billy Horshaw who won it, you know, ranked 34th in the world. He's going to be informed. You know, that there's any number of players who could, but normally at Augusta, the cream rises to the top. It's going to be a Dustin Johnson up there. It's going to be a Rory McIlroy. Form or no form is going to be up there somewhere. Bryson DeChambeau is going to be there. Colin Morikawa, basically last year's major winners and the top players in the world. The likes of... Uh, the like, I, I, I like the, Xander Schauffele, a young American who's got a great game, a great field game. He's due a major. Mm. And uh, don't discount Jordan Spieth, as I said. Jordan, <laughs> I'd love to see him back. He's playing well. He knows how to win at the, at the Masters at Augusta. That's a big factor coming in, you know, know how to win. Sure. And for British fans, I'd say Lee Westwood. Been in great form this year. Uh, Runner-up uh, in a couple of big tournaments already uh, as, as one in, in the Middle East. You know, Lee's in great form, form of his life at 47 years old. Won the European Order of Merit right. last year, 20 years after he, he did it first time. Lee Westwood. He's due a major before he hangs up his uh, golf clubs. Maybe it'll be next week. Let's see what happens. Brilliant. We look forward to it, uh, Danny. Looking forward to Augusta now. Bye thank you. Thank bye. you very much for uh, sports and all as ever on a Friday. Have a great good Friday and a happy Easter to you. Cheers, mate. Thank, thank you. you. Bye.